This podcast is brought to you by Learn Prime. Hone your development skills at learn.thoughtbot.com. You know, I'm just realizing that this room has a whole wall of wallpaper that's just like a blue cable knit sweater. Yeah. The hell? Or like a blanket. I think I have, I think my parents have a blanket that looks exactly like that at home. I'm just going to assume this is a Canadian thing. Hey everybody, this is Mark and Gordon, Build Phase, live in Ottawa. We're here for uh, NS North 2014. So, impressions of Canada. Guitarists really like... Uh, knocking on Heaven's knocking Door. Knocking on Heaven's Door. Yep. Lots of that. It does seem to be the only thing they can play. Uh-huh. Empirical evidence. Yeah, two out of two guitarists were playing Knocking on Heaven's Door. Mm-hmm. People say sorry a lot. I literally tripped a waitress in a bar... And she apologized to me. Yeah, I thought that was really more of like a, like an urban legend. Right. Or no, people were just exaggerating yeah, that Canadians it's, it's apologize a lot. But no. Yeah. It's a legitimate just yeah. like, um, it's almost like a like a sentence filler. Yeah. Like, I don't necessarily yeah. know what to say now, so I'm just going to apologize. Yeah. Just like just a sorry. default state, really, is what it is. Like. Just sorry. <laughs> yeah. What else? Poutine's really good. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of that. At, you know, when in Canada. Mm-hmm. do as the Canadians do. I found out that the people from Montreal are super pissed that that's a Canadian thing now because I, uh, Rene Ritchie was very adamant that it's a Montreal thing that the rest of Canadi- Canada... <laughs> Channeling Tony right now. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Montreal thing that the rest of Canada just stole. Hmm. Almost entirely. Just like stole... Poutine and just ran with it. But I would too. I mean, it's gravy it's on fries with cheese yeah, curds. It's delicious. What's not to like? Big fan. Fries, good. Yep. Gravy, good. Cheese curds, good. Weird, but good. It goes well together. Yeah. It's just nice getting out of America for a bit. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's it's kind of enlightening, I think. Yeah. Like being in Canada. I, I like Ontario too. Are we, where are we? Ottawa. I like Ottawa too. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Is it still uh, Saturday? No, I don't know. I don't know what day it is. We should point out that it's like 11.30 yeah, at night. Yeah, it's, it's literally 11.45 at night. And we've been conferencing pretty hard. And drinking. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, Ottawa's, I mean, Ottawa's a cool city. This is my second time. I came to Ennis North last year and really enjoyed it. Just being in the city, meeting a bunch of cool people. Coming back this year was great. I think they said, like, I think a third of the conference was returning attendees from last year. It's pretty good. neat. I think they had like 120 people, 45, were at the conference last year. So it's cool seeing all those people again. Last year was the first year. Right. right? So what was the big difference between year one and year two of NS North? Experience, honestly. Uh, Dan and Phil, like, they did a great job putting stuff together for the first year, but it had problems. And they weren't, like showstopper problems but they were you could see the bumps you know what I mean you could see where stuff wasn't completely ironed out as well as as it should have been this year was the same concept like they didn't change the core concept of what the conference is right at all it had so many of the same elements so they didn't change that stuff but what they did do is they just ironed the whole thing out 
So differences from last year. It's more like the problems that happened last year are just going to happen the first time you ever put on a conference yeah, because they're just unforeseen issues. It's edge and, cases is what it is. It's it's like you can hypothesize about how things are going to work, but until you do it, you're not going to know. You know what I mean? The venue last year was great, and it seemed like a, a, an awesome choice, right? And it was. It was. It was really, really great. The they were right in the in the Ottawa Convention Center, which is this huge glass bean looking shape thing, and then they have like rooms inside. But the thing is, so we were in this room last year, and it was a it was a huge room, but it was too big. It was actually it was so big that it made you feel. Like everything got kind of swallowed up just by the size of the room. Mm. There were literally like twenty foot ceilings, and the room was like half again as wide as big as it needed to be. So the 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 presenter's stage kind of like looked small, and then there was just so much free space that it, it kind of swallowed everything up. Versus this year at the museum, so this year's the venue was at at the Nature Museum. The Nature Museum. Yeah, yeah, the Nature Museum here in Ottawa, and it was mainly done. In, it was it mainly took place. What was that room called? The salon. It was like yeah, I don't yeah. remember exactly. Yeah. It's it's you know think a banquet room. That's yeah, exactly. With but huge windows, like huge windows, huge ceiling, really nice, really warm, great lighting, and it just like looked classy. Yes, right, and everything just fit the stage and the what do you call those screen like for the projector right like it all fit in the space a lot better than last year where you had this like huge flat wall and this comparably smaller screen just kind of like there in the wall I appreciated that the main seating was circular tables that seated about eight each. Right. Because you could sit in different combos. You know, people get up and they shuffle back in and they sit in a new configuration. And yeah. You get to meet all kinds of new people. It forces you to interact. Yeah. So I, that, I thought that was a... Yeah. I thought that was nice. Yeah. So that's a really good example of something that they didn't change last from last year because that's exactly what they did last year. Last year, the entire conference took place in this one room and it was just circular tables and they actively encouraged you to change what table you were sitting at and to spend the time between talks getting to know the people at that table. Mm -hmm. And so they did not change that, right? They just kept the circular tables. That that worked, right? That worked very, very well. And the keynote this year was at a in a like a theater setting. So Don Melton gave the gave the keynote address. And I was actually really concerned that that's where we were going to spend the entire conference. And it was interesting and cool and like it had a nice projection set up and the seats were really really comfortable but it just would have been a much different conference if it was like you know stadium theater style seating uh, and I was worried about that that's where they were going but then show up for the first full day and we're back in the circular seating stuff so it was good to see that they kept with that the first night was great that they just like set up that bar right among the exhibits and like I'm drinking like a Canadian beer beneath like a T-Rex yeah. which is the coolest yeah. thing ever. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I really like and they did this last year too, but they have this focus on community and they have this focus on that the conference is good, but a huge part of the conference is an excuse to meet new people and hang out with old friends and the social aspect of a conference, you know what I mean? So, you know, there's like this concept of a like a hallway track 
of a conference, right? So, like, if you have a multi-track conference, like, old-school WWDC, right? You used to have, like, a iOS track and a, and a Mac track, right? So you can basically, they program iOS topics and, and Mac topics simultaneously, so you kind of had to decide between one of those two things. And this idea of, like, the hallway track is this. Instead of going to the talks, just hang out in the hallways and meet people and talk about stuff and meet colleagues and, and try to get new ideas from all that stuff. And they've kind of always built that in, you know, you don't need, like, a hallway track because they literally, essentially, you know, you, you get shoved out into a bar at one point. You know what I mean? At one point in the conference, the entire conference literally picks up and moves down the street to a bar that'll fit us all and we sit down and then you know you hang out and drink tickets and that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. if, if that was their primary goal for the conference it's like mostly about the community and interacting with other people then they knocked it out of the park yeah like that part they did really well yeah. i met a lot of yeah. great new people this year yeah i mean i, I basically only knew the thoughtbot crew right. and you know maybe a few other folks that i met last year at wwdc right. but like that part really, really worked. Yeah. If I had to complain, and I hate to complain because it was so well done, yeah. it's just that I would have preferred more technical talks mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. And maybe my just my expectations weren't aligned properly with what this conference is all about. But I was just expecting, you know, uh, to put it bluntly, more code. Yeah. I feel like I'm slipping into a Canadian accent for some reason. <laughs> Maybe I'm just tired and I've been around yeah. it too much. Yeah. But, um, that, I mean, there were a lot of great topics, like a lot of great things to learn, but n- not enough programming related, which, like, it, it's what we all do. Like, I feel like that should be the main draw. Yeah, no, I agree. We've talked about this before, but I do get the sense that there's a hesitancy to... Is that a word? Hesitancy? I don't know. It is now. Sure. Let's roll with it. You know what I mean. There, there's this hesitancy to dive into technical topics for some reason in Objective C, just kind of like overall. Like, this is a relatively technical podcast, and we're way outside the norm because of that. You know, mm-hmm. most podcasts in this space actively stay away from technical stuff. I feel the same way about talks. The vast majority of talks that I've seen have been non-technical they've been business skills they've been inspirational they've been about community and like theory and stuff like that and that's awesome but i don't know why we can't have both of those things right like i really don't know why we can't have hard technical talks alongside you know the software like inspirational stuff and business stuff and um because it's not even like hard business stuff it's like more interesting things but like you know who do you want to be as a company like that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. i mean which is inspirational in its own right you know so i don't have a good frame of reference because i've only been to this conference and wwdc last year which is obviously going to be a technical conference like it's you know new apis and you need to know about them so are there other conferences that sort of do this better? Do, or do you think that it's like something It's like if you're not at WWDC and you're not an Apple engineer, our community just kind of tends to shy away from doing these overly technical talks for some reason? 
is there some correlation between like non-technical talks and non-technical podcasts in this community? It's hard to say. I think that the conferences that get the kind of press that NS North gets tend to be more inspirational than technical. Uh, Singleton, Second Conf. I think Second Conf is relatively non-technical. Singleton is de- definitely has a non-technical feel to me. Like that's my public, that's my perception of it anyway. Mm-hmm. NS North is in that direction at this point, right? Of being more of a non-technical conference. I have the same concept of Second Conf, but I'm not sure if that's accurate or not. Um, but then there's other stuff like 360 iDev is a multi-track conference. It's a bigger conference. I think it's a th- it's three or four tracks. You know, like I have friends that um, Joe Chaplinsky, last year Joe Chaplinsky, who gave a talk at NS North last year, gave the same talk at 360 iDev, right? Or an or iterated version of that same talk. But that was my favorite talk at the conference last year. But he gave the talk about more of an inspirational thing, right? So he gave this kind of inspirational businessy talk last year at NS North and then gave it again at 360 iDev. But then my one of, one of my other friends, Brian, gave a talk about Jenkins, right? And, and setting up Jenkins and, and Jenkins as a CI server. So I think there definitely are conferences that dive into the technical stuff, but I'm not sure why it's limited to these kind of more... I don't want to say more traditional because I'm not sure what that actually means, but, you know, like 360 iDev is a bigger multi-track conference. I don't know why we can't have those kind of talks at a smaller conference. I guess it's just a mass appeal thing. Like, if you're only catering to 120 people, can you pull off technical talks when you're not giving people a choice to not go to the technical talk? Hmm. You know what I mean? People will just not come to the conference at that point. So, like, you're not giving people a choice between Jenkins or inspirational thing. If you're super in, like, this place where you want to learn more about CI servers, then you're going to go check Jenkins, right? But if you're not, and it's just something that legitimately isn't interesting to you, you would pick the inspirational talk, but if that's not an option, if... If that same Jenkins talk is part of a single track conference like NS North, what's your alternative as as an attendee? You know what I mean? Yeah. So perhaps we're just seeing some phenomenon of like conferences trying to get off the ground. And in order to like attract more people, they're, you know, maybe sort of choosing like it's not a great term, but you know, softer topics to appeal but, to like a, a larger audience. Yeah, but, but I don't know that I don't know that it's about attracting more people because they're, NS North is very adamant about staying at about the size that they are, right? Like 100 people is kind of the, the number that they put out there, mm-hmm. right? So this is the first... They sold out this year. They didn't sell out last year. They sold out this year. and But it's not like they sold out in a day. No, I mean, but what's took- the difference between... Like, realistically, what's the difference between selling out in a day and, and you know, a couple weeks or whatever, however long it took them to sell out? If you sell out, you sell out. Right, it doesn't. It doesn't actually matter if you sell out overnight. I just. I don't think it's necessarily about attracting more people. I don't know. Like I feel like I'm playing devil's advocate here a little bit because I don't. I don't necessarily believe in what I'm saying. I don't think that you have to draw the line. I do think that you can do hard technical topics 
and you can do them well, and you can do them in a way that appeals to a larger audience. Technical talks don't have to be code walkthroughs, you know what I mean, which is how a lot of people approach them, and it's how a lot of people think about them in their mind. Technical talks don't have to be code walkthroughs, just like technical podcasts don't have to be, you know... Like reading code into a mic. Reading code into a microphone, exactly, you know what I mean? I do think that you can approach the topic in a way that's interesting and in a way that is entertaining and in a way that attracts a larger audience than just, you know, and then write this line and then write this line and then write this line, Mm -hmm. you know? But it's harder to do a good technical talk than it is to do a code walkthrough, right? Right. If you have sufficient knowledge of a framework, it's very, very easy to be like, Top 10 things you need to know about UI kit, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, which doesn't sound like a horrible topic. No, that, that sounds like a great talk. Like, <laughs> I wanted, I, I'd go to that immediately. But, but you, get, you get, like, so it's kind of a bad example, but you get my point, right? Like, that's like, it's very easy to throw together a bad talk about something that you have sufficient knowledge on. But it's much, much harder to try to take this knowledge and generalize it and find the actual interesting parts of it and to find like a conversation about it mm-hmm. you know and i don't think that the apple talks from wwc are a good example of this i have this sense of wwdc being more of an educational setting right less of a conference i do think that conferences should at some level just be inspirational as opposed to educational you can walk out having both of those you can walk out learning stuff and then also being inspired to create new stuff but I think that the focus at WWDC is on educating people about the new frameworks. Right. And that's important. Yeah. It's that's ver- very, very important. Very much like a knowledge dump. Whereas like a conference like NS North is more about like, we're going to talk about things that are going to get you talking amongst yourselves. Literally conferencing with one another, you know, about these topics. Yep. Which in that regard, I guess, I understand like, maybe you don't want to go down the road of the technical talk. I, I think it's also that like, you know, none of these speakers really knew what the other speakers were going to mm-hmm. write about. So maybe they're thinking, uh, assuming most everyone is a professional developer, you know, they do code all the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't want this. Like, maybe we should lead them in a new direction and, like, get them thinking about other things, mm-hmm. which I get. But, I like, the value of something like this, like, the reason t- for me to fly out from SF is that I want to get other people's perspectives on what I do every day. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to hear other people's opinions on MVVM, you know, new technologies. Like, what are you using? What are you thinking about these problems that we're all trying to solve? Yeah. That's interesting to me. Yeah. And so part of that is going outside the organized conference and just hanging out with attendees, right? And a lot of those conferences or a lot of those, that kind of interaction can and a lot of times will happen at you know, the bar afterwards, you know what I mean? You're just, you happen to sit down next to someone and you're like, oh shit, I saw you did this thing, you know what I mean? Like, maybe you know, maybe you don't, but you start a conversation and everybody there is in the same field. Everybody there is dealing with the same problems. Everyone there is, you know, has this commonality of being an iOS or at least an Objective-C developer. And so getting into conversations about iOS, Objective-C, OS ten, whatever, is not super difficult. Mm-hmm. You know? Like you were just telling me this morning that you 
went up to Rick Fillion and demanded Vim key bindings in NetNewsWire. Yes. Yeah. And, it, and it turned into like a discussion yeah. of the development of NetNewsWire. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like that kind of thing doesn't just happen on like a Tuesday night where I live. You know what I mean? I don't go to my local bar and run into guys like Rick Fillion or guys, guys like any of the people here at, at the conference, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Those kind of interactions, the kind of interactions that I've had the past three days, they only happen in this kind of setting. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, you know what I mean? It's like this or WWDC, which is like this kind of, but on a bigger scale to where it's kind of weird. You know what I mean? You're just like, you're literally just running into people at bars and you may recognize them or you may happen to overhear that they're huge nerds, right? And so then you start conversations. But having an outlet for those kind of conversations is huge. Maybe that's what they're banking on. Like maybe they're anticipating that you're going to go out and, you know, get dinner, sit at a yeah, restaurant and they, talk they, about the things. They they are. Like I'm not I, I think that that's definitely part of the core concept of the conference. But I still don't think that that means we can't have some of that in a more organized fashion as well. I think that if we did more technical topics, if you had good technical talks, then that would increase that kind of communication outside of the talks, right? Like if, for example, there was a talk about testing, the first thing I would do would be try to find that person who gave that talk at a bar afterwards. And I would just try to have that conversation, right? Like you're going through the same crap or you're done going through the same crap that I'm going through right now, right? And based on whatever was said, like maybe I agree, maybe I disagree, but that starts a conversation about that specific topic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if all if all the talks are about businessy stuff, then you're not creating conversation starters into the more technical stuff. The conversation starters, the, the conversations about the more technical stuff have to come from somewhere else, right? Right. So maybe just t- it, they'll happen, but maybe it just takes longer to get there. Yeah, WWDC feels very much like come into this room and Apple's going to put some words in your brain. Right. Like it's right. not really like open to discussion so much as like right. That's cool. And partly because like, you know, we haven't gotten our hands on like the new bits yet and really mm. gotten into it. So it's very right. much just like lots of hypotheticals, lots of <laughs> like, well, wait a minute. They said this, but how would that even work? in the larger context of all this other stuff. You know what I mean? Some of that stuff at WWDC, you know, they, they spec out and they tell you about it, but it's hard to see how it's actually going to help you until you integrate it into an app and all of a sudden you can delete, like, classes mm-hmm. out of your code. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think because is at the time, like, it just leads to more sort of confusion just because we don't really know what's yeah, going on Yeah, a little bit. Yet. And because of that, I think that, you know, sometimes the Tech Talk videos that come out a few months later have more interesting information than like the sort of related WWDC topic mm-hmm. because now it's been in people's hands. Apple's gotten feedback via radars of like, you know, what's working, what's not working, and then they can tailor these tech talks and kind of like loop back around and be like, okay, people are clearly having a problem with this. So right. like here's some more interesting details. Like there's a lot of great stuff from the tech talks this year on view controller containment that was not in the original WWDC sessions. Right, right. Like I think those do a great job of like balancing you know, technical, but it's not the tech overly talks. technical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen those actually. You should check them out. 
overall, I didn't want this to go too negative. Like, and as no, was great. All, it, all the speakers yeah. did a great job. Like, meeting all these new people was fantastic. Yeah, and whether or not I wanted it's, to geek out a little bit more. Yeah, and that's I think that's totally reasonable. I think it's I think it's as reasonable for you know you to want not not just you. I'm not putting that. I, I like I, I I do wish there had been more like hard technical topics done. But and I think it's as reasonable for like us to want that as it is for other people to want more of the you know I'm sure that there's people that were like this is exactly the content that mm-hmm. I was looking for you know but I don't think there's anything wrong about that either I don't think there's wrong anything wrong about either of those things it's just people want different things I enjoyed it I mean I I came last year I'll almost certainly assuming they do another one next year I'll probably be here again a year from now. Even if it's just to hang out with the people that are now my friends that I see at NS North, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's just all these amazing Canadian developers that can't make it or don't make it to WWDC. So, like, there's, like, most of the, the U.S. developers that came here, I will see at WWDC because they either live in San Francisco or it's, like, a short trip over to get to San Francisco and it's not that big of a deal to go to WWDC. But for a lot of the Canadian developers, I do get the sense that it's a bigger deal to get, you know, I got to go all the way to the States and I got to get all the way to San Francisco. You know, the same thing as you having to, you know, get all the way out here. Like San Francisco to Ottawa, that's not a small trip. You know what I mean? It's like, it took me, it took me, you know, two quick jumps on a plane where they give you free beer and I have insane amounts of legroom. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not that from... Yeah. I mean, I, I left the house at 6 a.m. I got into this room at 8 p.m. Right. Like, I, it was traveling all day. Yeah. That's exhausting. That's exhausting no matter where you're going. That's exhausting no matter what. So I understand those, this, those people that are from Ottawa, from Toronto, not wanting to... Or not... Not that they don't want to, but it's more unreasonable to have them come into the States and also get out to San Francisco. But so it's nice to have something like this where I can come and hang out with them and drink too much and (laughs) make an ass out of myself, you know? Bottom line is, like, I want to be an equal opportunist when it comes to seeing me drunk in a bar saying (laughs) stupid shit. Like, right. You know. This isn't just a domestic affair. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. You, you take yeah. this shit on the road. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I want to make sure everyone knows how much of an idiot I am. It's been really good getting out of the States. So I've been to Canada once. I was eight? Yeah. Nine, ten? Really young. Like, not young enough, or not old enough, I mean, to really appreciate... Like, the difference of, like, you know, being out of the United States. Right. Like, this time around, like, I'm appreciating the hell out of it. Right. There's just the right amount of culture shock. Yeah. But, like, not enough where, like, I keep remembering that I'm not in the States and then I just try to play pay with U.S. dollars and they right. begrudgingly take it. Right. <laughs> like, right. And things like that. Right. But it's been, like, a really great experience. Like, right. at, the, at the very least, you know, getting me out and, like you said, meeting Canadian developers that don't, you know, make it into the States for conferences too yeah, often has been yeah. great. Like, they're just great people all yeah. all the way around. Yeah. So what do you think important takeaways of the conference, whether it's stuff that you heard or from conversations or just overall general experience, like, what are you walking away from here? What do you think the most important thing that you're walking away from here is? So David Smith gave a really good talk on, like, how your experiences are 
are uniquely yours and that everybody has these locked up inside of them. Yeah. And in sort of a weird way that has like reduced my imposter syndrome because I yeah. I, I guess <laughs> I guess the way that I've done that is that I've kind of like pushed it on to everyone else and I'm mm-hmm. like, "Hey, none of these people really know what uh they're yeah, talking sure. about either." So yeah. Yeah. I feel a lot better. It's not that, it's like not in, that you're not an idiot. It's just that everyone's going to Yeah, it's just that we're all just kind of like in this together. Right. Yeah. So like I definitely feel better about that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to tear everyone down and <laughs> to get there, but I mean, that's just kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think, I think the same thing. I, I just have was... a better awareness of the average developer. Like it, it's too often that like all we see are the sort of high profile folks on yeah. Twitter and you just kind of feel dumb. Yeah. But then you, you, you meet like the everyday folks who are like out there building great apps all the time. And you're like, you know, I'm, I'm not too different. From yeah. Like all these people. Yeah. Because, like, my imposter syndrome, while you're saying that, my imposter syndrome is going, like, well, but they're all better than I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I rarely meet anyone and don't, like, have that internal monologue with myself about, like, yeah, we're basically at the same place, but they're just generally better at it than mm-hmm. I am. So I think, you know, the same talk for me kind of leaves me in a place where it's, like, instead of getting myself to be okay with they're better than I am being like they're better at this than I am you know what I mean yep. but that doesn't mean that I don't have things that I can also contribute you know what I mean maybe I, I'm not going to be able to help them with the core animation stuff because I'm not super great at core animation stuff but maybe there's there's other things that I'm potentially better at or that I'm I'm just further one step further along in the chain, right? There's someone not to keep jumping back to testing, but like there's definitely someone out there that is doing today the stuff that I did yesterday. Yep. And so and that's one of the things that David Smith was talking about, right? Like even developers on their second day of ever touching Xcode have something to offer. Because if it's your second day of touching Xcode, there's someone who is their first day of touching Xcode. And those people really want to know what you learned yesterday, mm-hmm. right? They really need help getting past that yeah. initial hurdle. Yeah. I, I think perception is that like like the high-profile people we see sort of have the whole package, but that's right. not really true. Like no. everybody has their specialty. Like focus on your specialty, play to that, yeah. you know, try to build up your other skills and like realize that, you know, if we work together, we can like combine our specialties and do great things. Yeah. Like that, I think that's the crux of it. Yeah. Overall, highly recommended NS North. Yeah, I enjoy it. I, I think they did a great, I think, you know, Dan and Phil did a great job this year. This is, if this is only the second year, honestly, like it was just so well put together. Like mm-hmm. I'm really, really, really interested to see what like year three looks like. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> what, what did they learn this year? that's going to make next year, like, even better, right? What can they fix from this year that's going to be, like, show up here, you know, in Ottawa in 2015, and it's like, holy crap, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's really cool. If they happen to be listening, one suggestion for next year is to find a venue that does not block specific ports. (laughs) Yeah, that was brutal. (laughs) That was really brutal. So we were at this... The, the museum and the museum had free Wi-Fi, but the museum Wi-Fi blocked, I don't think it blocked specific ports, but it only whitelisted HTTP and HTTPS ports from right. what I could tell. So that means that SSH is gone 
and even email wouldn't work on the Wi-Fi. So the two things that I do more than anything else on my laptop, like, you know, I couldn't pull anything on Git. I couldn't clone repositories. I couldn't do really anything. There, there were parts where it was downtime where I was like, oh, I'll look at these pull requests that I have open on some, you know, some whatever. Literally couldn't. Couldn't do any of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just couldn't pull the code down. And then beyond that, like, not being able to get my email at all. But then my phone is also hooked up to the Wi-Fi too, so I don't even realize it, but I'm not getting email on my phone either. And that kind of sucks. So I did buy a data plan, and I bought a small amount of minutes for my phone while I was up here. But I would like to use Wi-Fi so that I don't even come close to running over on my data plan. If I'm sitting at the venue all day on Wi-Fi where my email is literally blocked from coming in, then the second I leave Wi-Fi, I'm going to download 100 emails. And that's going to jack up my data usage real quick. Yeah. You know? That was kind of a bummer. I mean, with that said, the network handled the load really well mm. of having like mm. 150 people in mm. that room, mm. along with the normal people visiting the museum as right. well. I never really had it drop out on me, which is fine. Like, you know, you're going to do web, web browsing and stuff. It's, yeah. It's fine. Yeah. That's my one minor nit. Yeah. You look beat. Wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, show notes for this episode are going to be found at podcasts.thoughtbot.com slash buildphase slash 38. And please reach out on app.net or Twitter at buildphase or email us at buildphase at thoughtbot.com. Also, we really appreciate reviews and ratings on iTunes. All right. Yeah. Talk to you later. <laughs> like in a second. <laughs>